Everybody, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, if you're catching this, uh, you've joined us for the Keep It Simple podcast. We are on episode 20, which is hard to believe. It's, uh, I guess, five months, uh, week in and week out of conversations, and super stoked about uh, today, uh, tonight. Uh, we have a longtime friend, Alexandria Simonton, uh, on the show today. And uh, Alex, have, I've known her for what seems like forever, many, many ages mm-hmm. and stages of life. And um, we actually reconnected uh, a few weeks ago at Charity Lucas's wedding, was able to catch up and uh, kind of hear where she is and how she is and what God's got going in her life. So, so encouraging. And uh, so, Alex, welcome uh, to the Howdy. Keep It Simple podcast. Yeah, I am happy to be here. This is a cool opportunity. Ben and yeah. I were uh, grooms, well, no, brides, pe- brides people. <laughs> I have no idea. I tell everybody, I tell everybody I was a bridesman. That's, that's, that, that's the only way I know how to put it. Um, yeah, so, but thankfully we were standing beside yeah, each other. Exactly. Um, it was cool to catch up that way. Yes, it was. It was indeed. Yeah. And um, so most of us uh, who are listening and tuned in will know you. There's a lot now who are following mm-hmm. along in the Midwest uh, who will not know you. Uh, yeah. And so just kind of give us um, the cliff notes of you, if you don't mind, just a, a little bio introduction before we take off into your story. Yeah, I um, like you said, my name's Alex Simonton or Alexandria, uh, potato, potato kind of thing. Um, but I am a digital media coordinator and a resident photographer at Compassion Christian Church. Um, in every sense of the word, we are a mega church. Um, but I came on staff actually four years ago, two days ago, which is awesome. Wow. And it, that's crazy to see the fruition from that. Um, I grew up in the church. Um, I'm a military brat. Um, I have loved savannah i think savannah is the best city in the world um it it's cool to see how god used me to come here um there's so many things that the way that god set me up to come here Mm -hmm. um that was only by him and Mm -hmm. and it's been amazing to have community through that i moved here two weeks before covid hit Mm -hmm. um but other than that like i am blessed to have an amazing boyfriend and um, he is great to do life with. He's phenomenal. Um, I know he's going to be listening, but I am so thankful for him and the way that we've been able to walk through life together in many different stages. Um, and he is definitely somebody that champions me and, and walks alongside me. Um, and yeah, I also lead worship. I serve in students. I am just the epitome of the person that um, I know what God has done through me and I want to serve others in that way. Um, and I know how important, and that's, what's so cool about this podcast because I am so passionate about community and discipleship, which is now about to be my new job starting in 2026. And that's what I'm going to school for at Liberty university, studying theology with an emphasis in discipleship. Um, and that's where like my heart sings. Um, God has blessed me with creative talents. I am not athletic. Um, at all that all went to my brother and so i got the whole creative gene and i i serve an awesome god um and he is the ultimate creator so i get to be creative and do it through my job 
Um, but later on down the road, next couple of years after I finish school, I will step into full-time uh, women's ministry and counseling women um, and championing, championing them and how they can delight in the Lord and walking through things. Um, so, yeah. That's that's perfect, man. So um, mm-hmm. uh, before we, because uh, we're going to talk for ever how long about you and, and the mm-hmm. importance of community, but to, to give Matt a shout out, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Maddie, um, you know, I think you and I were visiting there at Trinity, I guess, and mm-hmm. it doesn't get much better than old Matt Meeks, to be honest. Nope. Um, that, that guy uh, is just it's just a solid human being um mm-hmm. the whole family uh yeah uh, i forget who i was talking to a couple of weeks ago it was on one of the episodes i'd have to go back but we were talking about mickey and vicky and being able to see mm-hmm. catch up with mickey and vicky there at the wedding and mickey mickey doesn't change mickey, no god no <laughs> mickey looks and acts and mickey is the exact same person that i met you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. It's like he doesn't age. Yeah. Um, so anyway, enough about Matt. Matt's awesome, but back to you. So uh, you mentioned that you were raised in the church, and just in your story, let's mm-hmm. start there. So uh, both mom and dad active in church, or I know that you were at Trinity. Is that where you were raised, Trinity mm-hmm. United Methodist in Warner Robins? Yeah, so um, my mom grew up Methodist, and my dad bounced back and forth between Baptist and Methodist when he was growing up, and so they just kind of decided to meet in the middle ground, Mm -hmm. and they raised both my brother and I Methodist. Um, When 9-11 hit, we moved to to Warner Robins, and we went to Trinity ever since then, and we moved away a couple of times. And to be honest, because of Trinity was the reason we basically came back every time. Okay. Um, grew up in the church. My parents were super active. Um, I'll be transparent. Their relationship with the Lord is very different than how I express it. But I think it's just a generational difference. Mm-hmm. And we've had very, like very many conversations about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw how what, what made me want to continue to to further my relationship with the Lord as I grew up in church was because the way that I saw people step up when my dad was gone in deployment. Um, mm-hmm. In total, my dad was deployed four years over his um, course of his military career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, obviously not four years in total, but, sure. you know, like over the course of time between 2001 to 2011. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, and I just saw the way that people stepped up, that people were an example for me, for my brother, the way that they helped my mom. That was the example of what the church is and what Christ would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And so um, I couldn't have asked for a better example of a church. I still love Trinity. I don't get to go as often because when you work in ministry, you don't get to go to your home church very much. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, and then Trinity introduced me to Space Between. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there for sure. So before we came on camera, mm-hmm. you were talking about um, when you uh, first encountered Christ by the Holy Spirit. And um, so I, I don't guess I remembered. I should, but I guess I didn't. So George, you were there during George. Um, yeah. And then were you there during Brooke or had you aged out and graduated up? Mm-mm. You had Brooke too? So before George, I had four youth pastors prior to them. Yeah, yeah. I then remember I there was four. like a, yeah. It was a revolving door. Yeah. And 
very hard time. And then we had George. And then from my sophomore year on, I had Brooke. Okay. So George wouldn't, mm -hmm. George, who is awesome. That guy, we need to have him on at some <laughs> point. He, um, you I, really should. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually spoke at, he reached out to me in like May of last year and I went and spoke on his beach retreat in July. And that was just the coolest thing to come back and just see how he's serving in Albany. Yeah. Um, and he's he's doing great yeah and their candles are amazing so if you're listening to this oh, watch yeah. this is it modero Mo, modero Something i think like m-o-d-e-r-o mm -hmm. you can find them on our simplify um instagram pages and stuff we're following them but uh yeah buy a candle you'll make george's day so george was mm -hmm. your youth pastor and um mm -hmm. you said that oddly enough jared middleton then plays a piece or a part in your story uh talk us through that yeah jared middleton i don't know if you're listening he will you probably don't even remember me, no he will listen he um if he even remembers me but he was on we went to laguna beach i think is what it is it was the it same is. retreat center george took us on yeah which that wasn't that was insane i haven't been back there since the day i was saved okay so it was just a total 180 coming back for that retreat but jared spoke um on the retreat tip i'm typically with any of the churches i think it was normal that sometimes there was like a somebody invited in to come and be the main speaker for the weekend and that was him and he spoke on the prodigal son and he's just like, it doesn't matter how many times you've been to church. Like if you just feel like it's a routine, but you know, there's something that you're wanting to take that next step, then just come home. And there was just that flip that switched. And the thing is, is I have always been the person that if I'm going to be in, I'm going to be all in. Oh yeah. And God knows that too. And so that was when God was like ministry. You are like, you are called into ministry. How from old here were on. you? And like, 14. 14, okay. Yeah, and I didn't know what that looked like mm -hmm. because at that point in time, it really was only kids ministry and youth ministry. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really think coming all the way into pastoralship at that, like, would be the next step for me. Um, I sure as heck didn't think um, my next role that I'm stepping into would even be a possibility. But at that point in time, I was like, I mean, I don't really know if I will. I like working with kids. I like working with youth, but... Um, and then transparency and, and my parents will listen to this. Um, my parents didn't want me to step into ministry because mm -hmm. they saw it. Mm -hmm. They, my, my mom served on church committee after church committee. She, she knew all the hard ins and outs. She saw the revolving door. Um, and she was just like, I'm okay if anybody else's kid does it, praise them for doing it. But my own, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, and so she, uh, was very concerned and was just like, like, I, I think you'd be great at that, but maybe it's like a part-time thing or maybe you just like serve yeah. like in a really great capacity. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hindered that calling. And then later on after realizing, after getting my master's, um, and my undergrad in education that I was like, I don't want to teach. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I recognized that I was walking in disobedience of what God had called for me, mm -hmm. um, and it a hundred percent was just what it is today. So did you? And it could be you went all the way through undergrad and then got your master's to teach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then after that, realized, oh gosh. So had you done your student teaching and all of your placement stuff? 
Yeah, and I actually taught, I had the dream job. Um, I like, if, if you were gonna graduate, I got this job at Georgia Southern teaching in their, um, they have like an elementary school on site. And I had this job offered to me. It was one that was like, did not need to be turned down. And I taught pre-K for six months after I graduated. Um, And I was just like, this ain't it. Um, It was really hard. (laughs) It was, and they always tell you it's going to be. But I just knew, like, I, was, I wasn't I was sleeping. I gained a significant amount of weight. I was anxious consistently. I remember calling Charity and Brooke and talking to mentors that I had in Statesboro that I was like, I'm not okay, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point in time, it was December of 2019, and I get a call from my current boss. And I had been serving with Compassion's college program and running their social media. And he was like, hey, we really like what you're doing. Uh, Would you consider coming in for um, an interview? And I was like, "Uh, sure, why Mm -hmm. not? I mean, like, I didn't know what they were going to offer. And I went in and it it immediately just felt like home. Um, And I, I have a phenomenal boss who is another person that walks alongside me and just mentors me in the best way possible and he is phenomenal in that sense and I have built a great relationship with him uh and his family and he has has been somebody to just a second family here and it's it's been great to see the growth from that um but after that so then COVID hit and what I was going to do was I accepted the job with compassion and um, I was still teaching and they're like, you can't teach pre-Kers online. We're going to honor your contract and till the end of the year. But so Georgia at that point in time just taught pre-Kers on like a standard platform. Everybody was doing the same thing. Okay. It wasn't the teachers. Um, and so I was work. Then I switched to full time with Compassion. And yeah. And so I've, I've been there since. Yeah. So kind of backing up a little bit, you talk about being called to ministry or feeling this call on your life at 14. Yeah. And, um, so oftentimes people will come to me and they'll say, hey, Ben, I think I'm being called to ministry, you mm-hmm. know, and my my canned answer, it's not being dismissive in any way. It's just honest is um, if you can go do anything else with your life and have peace in your heart, go do that. Mm-hmm. Like truly, if you can go teach pre-K and have peace like that true, genuine, abiding peace and then just volunteer at your church, go do that. Um, uh, If you try some of those things and you're lacking that peace and it's like this ain't it, Mm -hmm. then maybe, you know, maybe you're called to ministry. And um, I can't tell you, um, Jared would be one for sure. Mm uh, Brooke, other people, but, but those that I am closest with my friend, Brandon here, um, there's this kind of common thread that it's like, you're called to ministry. Don't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, would, would actually like to be doing something else, but no matter what else you try, there is the peace isn't there, you know, that kind of, that kind of feeling of being home. So, 
Um, so backing up, you're on a beach retreat. Mm -hmm. George is your student pastor. Yeah. Jared is there teaching, mm -hmm. um, uh, based off of the prodigal. Mm -hmm. You have what Wesley would say is the strange warming of the heart. Yeah. And, um, and so you kind of step into the, this relationship with Jesus. And so then your faith kind of becomes your own, mm -hmm. I guess, possibly for the first time, mm -hmm. 14 years old. Um, what role, two parts, number one, what was it like, the transition, the, the, the feeling, because being a teenager and being deeply connected like and, and subscribed to and bought into George, mm -hmm. then George transitions out and yeah. Brooke transitions in. What was that season like? And then um, how did you see God's faithfulness woven through both of those tenures that would be something i'd be curious in i worked alongside both of those yeah. people uh, um so just from a student standpoint mm -hmm. what what was your experience so when when i told george i was saved i was like i've i've 100 percent accepted this calling like and it, it was true it was genuine like um mm -hmm. i wasn't doing this for the attention for the show this was genuinely i i had never felt this wave of security and we've we've talked about this i'm a very anxious person um mm -hmm. and 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 the only time i felt peace is when i am and and at this pinnacle especially then was like the first time i felt peace if that makes sense um especially at a very young age i experiencing anxiety and i think george just knew that and so him and i developed a very close relationship um, and, and like, like I said, I, I spoke at his beach retreat, which ended up becoming something that like, like that's just, you know, that was how our relationship was. And so then him and I, he planned a student led weekend and it was like me and a couple other students speaking. I, like I was helping lead worship. Like I was getting ready for these things. And this was all between like, so I was saved in July and then December we have, our like youth concert if you remember trinity's oh yeah uh, youth choir was a big thing yeah. back big when big I was deal a huge deal uh i mean yeah. god bless vicky slavic um but yeah so um but G george i kind of knew something was up because there was a youth meeting after but i just thought it was like an end of the year thing um, yeah. because when the youth choir ended then we didn't meet back until the first of the year and so mm -hmm. George was also acting weird and he announced he was leaving. And I think that was the first time I'd ever really experienced heartbreak in the sense of mm -hmm. like having somebody leave in a transition and growing mm -hmm. up as a military kid, I experienced that often, but that was the first time I'd really felt that like depth of it, of like not understanding because I was also young. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I was 14. And mm -hmm. so, um, just yeah like that heartbreak and then george steps out transparent i don't remember who the interim was it might have that might have been sarah emily, Alm. it was emily emily bagwell okay yeah. i couldn't remember if it was yeah. her or sarah Alm, but no, it was emily and she was fun to work with she was there six months or so maybe yeah. a little more yeah as bill's bill's niece yes i couldn't remember like i said there was a revolving door and yeah so for yeah, yeah. a period of time yeah. I couldn't remember who the interim was and who wasn't. I mean, like, yeah. Um, and so she, she stepped in and then fall of my 
sophomore year was Brooke. And our youth group got the biggest when George was there. Um, Mm -hmm. in, in that amount of time, not saying that that Mm -hmm. wasn't with Brooks time, but in that amount of time, like that I had seen, even my brother's five years older than me and he went through a lot of that transition too. And Mm so, um, even before, like, like even when my brother's in youth, when George was there, that was our pinnacle. And he Mm -hmm. like it, and it was just because if, and you know him well, and for anybody that's listening and knows him, he is a relational person. Like, mm-hmm. he knows you one-on-one, and then is just great in a group setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's a wall built in all of us, and a lot of kids, transparent, didn't come back, um, which was very hard. There was a hard hit, because, like, we just experienced so much hurt. And it wasn't George's fault. There was a lot of understanding. He had a new baby. He wasn't married yeah, yeah. very long. I think he was my age when all of this was happening. And, and he um, was driving from Albany. I mean, that dude was driving an hour plus each way. Yeah. Had a chance to go home. You know, mm-hmm. had a chance to go back. Yeah. Uh, to his home church, and you know, but yeah. I can tell you. So from the flip side of that, not to mm-hmm. interrupt you, mm-hmm. that was not a decision lightly made. No, he I was mean, heartbroken. I mean, he would sit with yeah. us, with me and Jared, and different people, and just. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he really really fasted prayed agonized Mm -hmm. and then even after the yes it was still i mean he was he he was deeply deeply bought into the work that he was doing at trinity that's the reason why your that's the reason why your group produced so much fruits because he was in you know yeah and so um we i mean like he was we could tell he was broken um up from it and then um, that next fall, Brooke steps in and Brooke is, <laughs> Brooke is dynamic. I mean, and the funny thing is, is like uh, Brooke and I are p- pretty close in, in personality. I, her and I have always meshed well. I love yeah. her. I love her family. She came in and every, it, it just obviously in the, I think she's been there 10 years, right? She has. Yeah. Yeah. Over yeah, 10 has. at this point, if I'm yeah. honest. Um, yeah. And she's done so well and, and just loves people well. She is so kind. She's so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was actually on the hiring committee for her. And I remember I kept asking questions for months because I knew they were having interviews. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, we're happy with the one that's made. Just be patient. And um, Brooke has walked through very many seasons of life with me mm-hmm. um, all the way from, from day one of me being 15 to now being almost 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, her and I just have that relationship that it's great in the sense that I pick up right where I left off with her Yeah, every single time. And that's Aren't how those the best, those are yes. the best relationships. I've got several of those in my own life and it's like, you know, it's just easy. Yeah. You cannot see or hang out with a person for literally for a few years. Yeah. And when you see them again, you just, it's like you saw them the week before, you know, you just pick right up and yeah. catch up and move forward. And those rela- you talk about authentic relationships and community. Mm-hmm. Those we need, this world needs more of that. Yeah. Uh, we all need more of those relationships in our lives. And yeah, mm-hmm. Brooke is, um, <laughs> oh, when she showed up. She green as a gourd. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but she had but, she had hair as long as mine. 
I remember. Oh I was yeah. Like, I was like, "That's the youth pastor." Yeah. Like, she looks like she's my age. Yeah, yeah. That um. So a funny story, a funny Brook and Charity and Mindy actually story. So, um, both of our boys, my boys, when they were twelve, we had these kind of rite of passage young men walks, which is an idea that I got from Jimmy Asbell. And um, mm-hmm. so for Wicks, we were over at Providence neighborhood where my parents live in in Macon, and uh, Mom had rented or leased whatever reserved their uh, pool house which is uh, a nice space and you can have receptions and stuff there and it was an all-day thing we were there decorating the boys uh, wick had no idea that we were doing this thing but anyway my family everybody in sisters-in-law my brothers we were all there decorating and my brother jeff comes in and uh jeff is very much a people person and so he's working the room getting to know people and talking and Brooke and Charity and Mindy are there helping. Mm-hmm. So he had been interacting with them all day. And uh, we get like into the evening, like into the reception and the party part. And it Jeff asks just the right question, like what high school they go to or where they go to school or something. He All along, he thought they were like my senior high kids. Like he thought... This hadn't been that long ago. I mean, just, you know, six years ago, five years ago, yeah. six, seven years ago, whatever it is. Uh, pretty funny. Uh, seven or eight years ago, I guess. But we laugh about that. All Jeff and I laugh about that. But then uh, Brooke, especially. You remember that time your brother thought that me and Charity and, and um, Mindy were your students? I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. Um, That's funny. Yeah. So she comes in. Uh, the transition, uh, I guess... At some point, the students must have bought in, man, because that ministry, mm-hmm. there was some turbulence there when Mike was there. Yeah. And then and then by the time Craig, Craig was incredible for that church as a whole. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the way around. Um, I'm but, very, I'm so, Charity talked about him on her podcast, um, but I was especially thankful in the way that he poured into my parents and just was... Yes got them plugged in in a Sunday school. Um, the parsonage isn't far from where my parents live. Okay. And so they got to spend time together in that time. Um, and he just, he's, he's also epitome of a relational person and yes. just does so well at it is very kind hearted, like truly exudes, um, like the mission of what Christ wants for us. And, yes. um, yeah, he, because it was like Charity said on her podcast, like, if you had an idea and if it wasn't absolutely outlandish, Craig ran yeah. with you and yeah. alongside you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what helped Brooke so much. Yeah. Yeah, that, that mindset of let's try Yeah, let's try it. You know, mm-hmm. that and the other part and, and most of the great leaders that I've been around, I've observed, I've worked for two of them. Um, There is a common thread that expectation is really, really high and control is really, really low. Mm -hmm. So it's like expectations up here, but trying to micromanage and control how that's carried out is kind of down here. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And that's something that um, most all of the best leaders that I've served under and and been around like Craig, 
you know, you pop in and you're like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Jimmy Asbell was gold at that. I would pop in and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. And he'd think, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, he said, well, that might work. Let's think about it yeah. this way. You know, he kind of helped me. Um, so, yeah, I think Craig and Mary Louise were exactly what Trinity needed in that yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Um, just incredible people. But so the youth group thrived then during those mm-hmm. years. And so you get out of you get out of high school. Did you go straight to Southern or did you do two years local? I did about a year and a half local. Local. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't I, remember that. Yeah. I, um, but maybe it was the call on my life that I knew that I had. Maybe it was just indecisiveness. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. That's a, that's a hard thing to pin mm-hmm. on a teenager mm-hmm. to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I carried that weight pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was 17, 18, dating a guy that lived all the way across the country. Was and it he went Utah? If I got that right. Uh, California. He was in California. California, okay. Yeah, and and um, he didn't believe in God, and that was just, I, I didn't know any better at that age, and I thought, uh, you know, you can change people. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, no, you can't. Yeah. Um, that's God's doing if that's going to happen, you know, like you can plant seeds, but you can't make it grow, you know? Sure. So, um, but anyways, so I was, I was like putting that on a lot of weight. I was like, where do I want to go to school? What do I want to do? And it came down to time I got into schools and I was like, I I don't really want to go anywhere. I don't really know what I want to do yet. Mm -hmm. And so my parents supported that decision and I stayed home and I went to middle Georgia. Um, I don't, I think I, I initially declared undecided mm-hmm. for like, and just worked on my core classes and then, um, made the decision to go to Georgia Southern. Um, I think f- summer of 2016 and okay. I knew I was going to transfer in Jan- and I transferred in January of 2017. Gotcha. Yeah. So in those years, that's when you were connected with the space between then. Mm-hmm. after high school yeah. graduation but before moving to statesboro yeah yeah i couldn't remember the timeline and how all that flowed together i just remember like you didn't miss like if we had mm-hmm. if we had if we were running on a thursday night you were there yeah um, well and um i know i know you so i know we'll talk more about community because your heart for community is and and mine are pretty matched but yeah. um that was all I had, mm-hmm. like at that time, besides my parents. Sure. Um, and in transparency, that that worked out both very well in my favor because I, high school, in my personal opinion, this isn't for every this I wouldn't say the same for everyone, but high school in my personal opinion, your friends are kind of picked for you mm-hmm. in the sense of what you do and where you go, um, and and like. You're, you're kind of just going with the flow of what everybody else is doing because of your level of maturity. And so I was a cheerleader. I, I did theater. So, like, I kind of had all these different friend groups, but the depth of those friendships wasn't really there. So after high school, most of them fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And um, and then also my relationship with, on another side, my relationship with my dad um was kind of coming into fruition mm-hmm. because I would say I didn't really have a close relationship with my dad until college mm-hmm. 
because he was gone so often. Um, he retired when I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. Um, and so that time allowed me to build a phenomenal relationship with my dad as well as meet good community. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was there, yeah, I didn't miss. And that was like, and you, we, you, me and Brooke talked about this after the wedding. Mm -hmm. Nothing was better. And I, and I told y'all this, nothing was better than being at that wedding. Cause it was just, and I'll let you speak on it more. Um, but it was just pure and wholesome mm -hmm. of seeing everybody, everybody loves charity and drew. Mm -hmm. So seeing them two come together in marriage was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then also just the rest of the wedding spoke for itself, but also getting to be with some of my favorite people, um, for the friends of mine that I got to see, and this is just a shout out to them and to you as well, for the friends of mine that I got to see at that wedding that I don't talk to y'all more than when I come home yeah. or on a Facebook or Instagram message, know that I am cheering alongside you. I am praying for you. I love you. Um, ew, why am I getting emotional? Gross. Um, but like that wedding was just a testament of, I know where I have home. Yeah. You got people down here. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got people down here. Yeah. Dang, true family. Yeah. But, like, I have community here, and I know I have community at home. And that is something that I know I have prayed for for a long time. Yeah. Didn't matter my age. I Because I'm moving so often and never understanding why I couldn't build those relationships, I built those. Mm -hmm. and, and coming home to that wedding proved it of people who have, like, Cause like you kind of wonder, it's like, I haven't heard from them in a while. Do they even care about me? Mm -hmm. And I know it's vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I can pick up a phone just as much as somebody else can. Yeah. But like being there just, just reminded me cause I've, I've been to their weddings. I've been to their, their like family's funerals. Oh, yeah. I've watched them have babies and I know that they're doing the same thing and praying alongside me. Yeah. And that was just. That's the thing about space between that I'm thankful for, what I'm thankful about for home. Um, but because those exact people that pray for me and walked along life with me are the same ones that I know still do. Yeah. Um, even if it's not a consistent relationship. I met Caitlin Meter when she was still Caitlin Ratley. I was in high school. She was in college. She came on a D now. It was her and Morgan Mentor. But I immediately popped off on a relationship with Caitlin Meter. Um, yeah. And I. Um, I love her to death and it was good yeah. to catch up with Such her. high caliber. You know, when you look at, when you look at the people who were the core of the space between ministry, the yeah. students, I mean, it literally, it was the land of misfit toys, but there are some <laughs> high character people. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you back up now and watch as adults and young adults and see what they're doing, see where they are. And it's like, you know, to your point, it's like we were talking earlier. When you get everybody together like that, it's to, in my opinion, maybe it's not so rare, but in my life, it is rare that you have a whole group that is that you cannot see one another for two years and pick right up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would, I would dare say, and it'll be like that when we finally do pull off this simplify retreat, but yeah. I would dare say if we put everybody back in the big room and, and, and ran through a normal night, then moved into a season of worship together in the black room, mm -hmm. 
it would it would be i mean we're all in different ages different stages different life experiences but that authenticity and community and worship and the and the purity of of pursuit um and the desire to encounter jesus in and through the holy spirit it's when we finally when we finally see the simplify retreats come to be mm-hmm. uh gonna be really 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 cool yeah so so again transition you're you're so you graduate high school you're in college but you're local you're working through your core Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing to your point i I told kids when i was in student ministry just recently so wick is a freshman at the university of missouri Mm -hmm. uh, which blows my mind yeah um but even like in his senior year after Christmas time, you know, very well-meaning adults begin to, so what's your plans? Oh, I'm going to go to university. What are you going to major in? And it's like, that's an age-old question from well-meaning people, but that, but I don't know that we understand the, the pressure yeah. unintentionally that that puts on young people. And so having journeyed through that with countless teens you know i began to tell wick like people are going to ask you this they're not trying to put pressure on you and undecided is a perfectly good answer like Mm -hmm. i would rather you go you know you're going to the university go work on your core and decide your major sometime before you're a junior yeah then declare it now go through a full course of study graduate and be like oh my gosh uh, you know, so we talked through that. Wick and I talked through that, and um, I was very, very proud of the way that he journeyed through that spring and summer when people would ask that. He'd be like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm I'm not sure yet. I'm going to go to the university, going to work on my core and just see where things go. But so um, if you're out there listening and you're a young person uh, and you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life, join the club i mean that uh you know that there's nothing wrong with you you don't have to have it all figured out if you're a young person out there that's known from the time you were six years old exactly what you were supposed to do there's nothing wrong with you either you should Mm -hmm. actually give thanks and praise uh that you haven't had to wrestle through all the other but Mm -hmm. anyway so back to your story so Again, another transition, like talking through this, I realized like your life has been a collection of transitions. So graduate high school, you're local for the first two years, deeply connected in the space between, and then you transition to Georgia Southern. Yeah. What, what was that like? I know that from Johnny's, so you're, Johnny talked about you. I don't know if you listened to Johnny, but. No, I haven't gotten to listen to his yet. So he talked about you. So a friend, a, a cousin of a friend hit him up to go to Wesley. Mm-hmm. And the very first night that he was at Wesley, it's in his podcast, it's in his episode. Yeah. You, you like meet him. You're mm-hmm. like, well, you walk up and you're like, hey, I know you. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh my gosh. I forgot his, about that. That was with Caroline. It, yeah. In his yeah. episode, he's like, you know, I'm a back row guy. I'm always a back row guy. Like I'm a take it easy, sit in the back, observe kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Alex like grabs me. And the next thing I know, like we're sitting in the front row, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, really funny. in that portion of his episode, you should give it a listen. But so from that then, and just knowing you and, and, uh, kind of following you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, so you go to Southern start school, but then get deeply 
connected to Wesley. Yeah. Uh, what role did that play in your personal life, spiritual life kind of development? Yeah. So um, Wesley Foundation, uh, Mary Catherine Tucker, her dad, mm-hmm. Jay Tucker, mm-hmm. who ordained, you should get him on the podcast. God, he'd be amazing. But yeah. um, he, him and his wife, Kathy, did the wedding. I've known them. She is my longest standing best friend. She okay. is also the epitome of the person. We could go two months without talking. Nothing bad. She only she don't she only lives forty five minutes south of me, but we're adults. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, besides point. So, she, um, honestly, I transferred because of her. Uh, okay. I knew that I wanted deep community, and her just being my closest friend, mm-hmm. um, wanted to be closer to her, um, and just I knew of somebody that was gonna. Not for me to be relying on her, but, you know, like, community to really walk alongside with me and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it, it, she mainly convinced me, like, hey, I think Southern would be a good choice for you. It has what you want. Um, and so, coming there, she was already plugged in. And okay. um, it just kind of made things easier after that. And, like, um, Wesley Foundation had a, had a house on campus, which was also very appealing in the sense of just having another place to go home. It was very comfortable. Um, and then, um, just the friends that I've made from that. I still have that college friend group. Um, one of my best friends from college who MC and I lived with actually just moved back to Savannah and her, her husband were very active in, um, Wesley foundation. Sarah was our, our roommate. Sarah was the reason that I came to compassion um, my first time and, uh, but Wesley foundation just poured into me, Jonathan Smith. Um, he's at Pittman park, United Methodist church, mm-hmm. um, in, uh, Statesboro. And I walked through leadership team. I was actually bab re I rededicated my life mm-hmm. because I was baptized when I was 12. Um, my dad was about to leave for an emergency deployment. And so I my dad wasn't gonna be able to see me get confirmed. So I was like, well, I'll just get baptized so dad could see it or just like be there. But mm-hmm. I didn't understand the depth of that. Mm-hmm. Um, after wanting to be baptized by immersion, really understanding like it's it's the, the outward uh, dedication from within, those kinds of things, I was rededicated in baptism. And um, now I actually serve part-time on staff at Wesley Foundation. Okay. Uh, currently as their uh, creative coordinator and I help with their social media, and actually I'll be there tomorrow to lead worship. Um, in in Statesboro. Yeah. Sweet. And so it's it's that's another example of of God's fruition in my life. Their current um, leader or their their current pastor has became a very close friend of mine. Him and his wife, and then um, the um, ministry assistant of Wesley Foundation. Marsha Hagen. Um, I lived with her on and off for about a year in college, okay. just in transitions, because you're probably aware of this, but like leases in college kind of stink. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. one ends and then you, you're basically homeless for a month. Mm-hmm. And so I would live with her. And then before I was able to get an apartment in Savannah, I would live with, I lived with her in Statesboro and I would commute before I could move and I just multiple times. And um, Wesley taught me not only community and discipleship as well um and what that looked like at a young adult standpoint being away from home Mm -hmm. um but also taught me mentorship and marcia 
um, lives out on a big old farm in the middle of nowhere in Statesboro, and her and I would do pulling weeds, um, uh, picking up stuff in, on all over her farm, mowing her lawn, cooking together, watching TV, but like doing it in terms of of her just mentoring me and pouring into me mm -hmm. um, and speaking truth and life. And like, I, I loved that and I valued that. And I think Wesley foundation every day for her because um, then it made me want to like step into that. When I came to Savannah, I really craved that when I came here of just having um, somebody older than me, just someone wiser than me that had walked through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it did a ton of things in Wesley, went on a bunch of mission trips, um, served in the community, uh, did community groups, all that kind of stuff. And now it's kind of cool because some of the kids that were there on the tail end of when I was leaving and graduating are now about to graduate. Yeah. So, yeah. Super cool to see all that coming. And going back to Jay and Kathy, or Jay yeah. at least, Jay was running Wesley when Charity was a student, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was under his leadership for all of her time at, at Southern. And then she ends up back in Middle Georgia, and he ends up appointed to Bonaire. Yeah. Um, and so then for her to be able to sit under his leadership again for that tenure, super, yeah. super sweet, the way that God works through relationships, man. And then fast forward all those years, they're back down in that region of Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, Mary Catherine then is at Southern at Wesley, and then that connection for you then to re-up yeah. uh, with they're her in there. They're 15 minutes down the road in Richmond Hill. Like now? I, I mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jay and Kathy, Jay especially, is somebody that I, had, um, for a long time, had just kind of admired from afar. Um, mm -hmm. Never really, really got to know him deeply. Like So like when Scott was at Bonaire, I got to know Scott very well. Um, our kiddos are the same age and um, carpooling and just Connor then was on staff there. And so through yeah. Connor, got to know Scott. And, um, never really, really got to know Jay but always had kind of top shelf respect for him. Mm -hmm. um, not just his ability to teach, but the way he dealt with people, treated people. Um, yeah. Just a, just a top, top shelf guy. It was sweet to see him the other day at the wedding. And mm -hmm. really that was the first time I got to talk to Kathy and it yeah. um, kind of cool. You know, we were standing there after the service and she came up and, we kind of got to talking. She said, you know, I feel like I know you, but I don't know you. And I'm like, yeah, it's a two-way street. You know, there's you run in those same circles yeah. uh, and you respect and admire people, but don't ever really get that chance to do life with them. Um, yeah, so a couple things here. Uh, discipleship, I want to talk through. Creativity, mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk through. Which would yeah. you like to hit first, discipleship or creativity? Let's just hit discipleship. Discipleship. So um, it's interesting. Uh, next week, uh, this coming Sunday, after I get done with worship, I have to leave and drive to Ohio for school. And so this is a rare week in that I'm recording two podcasts. So last night I recorded one, and then tonight we're together. And and um, last night's will drop this Saturday, and then this one will drop the following Saturday. And so last night I'm, I'm interviewing Josiah Key, who lives out here. Mm -hmm incredible young man i mean you got to listen to that episode but um 
so I'm talking to him and and he's talking about discipleship and like mm-hmm. the importance of discipleship and this one man named Clayton who discipled him and and the importance of those years and the spiritual formation in his life and so that kind of opened this can of worms in in our conversation and what I told him was so years ago um you know, so if you listen to or 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 if you just throw a dart, you choose a website of any local church and you go, if they have their mission statement or their vision or their values or whatever posted, somewhere in their mission statement is going to have something to do about making disciples. And uh, mm-hmm. the more modern churches, it may not be in that vernacular, but the gist is yeah. we exist to honor God to love people well and to make disciples right and that's that's kind of ours yeah go ahead ours is leading leading people to a life-changing relationship with jesus christ yeah discipleship same yeah same and so (laughs) for the longest time it irked me to no end because because the church exists to make disciples go back to matthew 28 Mm -hmm. it's like hey go make disciples Um, amen um and so I actually did this. There was a season in my life where I was really a challenger, um, pretty brash. And um, so I started calling friends who worked at churches. I called 10 or more. And I'm like, okay, you know, here's your mission statement. What are you doing to make disciples? Like, how is your local church making disciples? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we have Sunday morning worship, and we have men's Bible study, and women's Bible study, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but, but like, how, like, what is your discipleship program? Like, how are you making disciples? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, we have Sunday morning worship, and we have, and I'm like, okay, so you don't have a discipleship program. Like, there's nothing in place that's repeatable, that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that you don't have anything. So of the churches that I called, it was more than 10 one church had like a bullet point like this is what we do here's our process this is the duration this is how we approach it this is how we go about it would you like some literature i can email you what we use you know and I, i came away from that kind of experiment i guess that's what it was really convicted like we need to be intentional and we need to develop processes yeah. to disciple people mm-hmm. that are repeatable mm-hmm. um, so, so that we can model things for a person, so that they can become comfortable in those things and, mm-hmm. and then can turn around and, and with their colors and shades and themselves but can turn around and repeat that process so a little bit ago you were saying like much earlier you were saying that um which i think is so awesome so compassion sending you back to school and Mm -hmm. um uh, you when you finish school come 2026 uh, you'll be on the pastoral team um Mm -hmm. and so part of what you said is kind of like community and discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so yes. like um, to, that's such a should not be, but it's such an abstract word and concept. So like, do you all at Compassion, do you have a discipleship program? Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you do, what does that look like? What's the duration? What are the components? Mm-hmm. Um, is it repeatable? Like how, mm-hmm. what's discipleship look like at, at your local church? Um, so a little backstory on compassion. Compassion, uh, like I said, is a, is a mega church. Mm-hmm. Um, normal uh, membership sits right now at 10,000. Mm-hmm. I actually looked at these numbers today, so I was accurate. Uh, right now, membership sits around 10,000 people, but normal attendance is around like 14 to 15,000. Okay. And that's between seven campuses ranged all over the low country. Okay. Uh, and so, um, and that also includes our online, but those numbers aren't accounted for in that. Um, but like we have an online community. Um, and so if you want to, let's say, okay, I'm all bought in. I want to become a member of the church and I want to join a group. Mm-hmm. And so you join what we call growth track. And that teaches you the backstory of compassion, um, how you can get plugged in, um, what our mission statement is, what we believe. And that's a four week process. So like we have nine, we, we have multiple services every week, but like, let's say if you're walking through our main campus, our Henderson campus, we have a nine, 11, five and seven on a Sunday. And so if you're, we just ask that you come to growth track in either the nine or 11 and you attend of one of those multiple two services. Mm-hmm. And um, so then af- post growth track, then you can start serving as a volunteer because we also run your background check during that time, yeah. assuming you're wanting to volunteer. Yeah. Um, and then you also just get placed in a group. So then um, once you're placed in a group, you go through rooted, which is just a series of learning um, the fruits of the spirit of learning things like that, like, uh, fruits of the spirit, the gospels, like you, you just go through a, this book series together. I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've gone through sure. it. And to be honest, we went, we went through it as a church together a couple of years ago. Um, and it, it was very good to kind of have that recap. But like I said, it's been a while, but then post rooted, then you walk through whatever series we're in at the time of the church. So like right now we're going through our financial series, mm-hmm. um, which is called cost of living. And, uh, we do financial peace university mm-hmm. that is offered for, um, if you want to go to financial peace university with Dave Ramsey, or like you can just talk, like you go through a series that the church offers, uh, talking about finances personally, my group right now, I'm in a leadership study with our staff pastor and we're walking through emotionally healthy spirituality. Oh, so good. Yeah. Love that yeah. book. And then next reading John Mark Comer's, um, be become do that he just dropped today mm-hmm. actually. Um, but I, I haven't done the alignment of what compassion's done in a while, just because I'm taking a different course with my staff members. Mm-hmm. Um, currently what I'm discipling my college girls through at the moment is just through the book of Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they asked for. So that's what um, we're walking through. That's typically we go through like five, six chapters at a time. And then, but um, yeah, so it it's a consistent cycle, um, especially like once rooted takes a minute. So then like if you, let's say you graduated from growth track last week, you get placed in a group next week. You're probably not going to be caught up with what the series is alignment until probably about May because okay. it takes, you know, a while, as- assuming you're you're going through weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we offer different programs for people in different stages of life, singles, grief counseling, um, 
we just recently started a series for um, mothers and then um, our military community as well. So what will your Mm -hmm. eventual role be? Will you kind of oversee, you said community and discipleship? Is that, okay, Mm -hmm. so what does that Uh, look like? Like what what would be your responsibilities? So um, monthly gatherings for women across all of our seven campuses, and that would entail me doing in-person preaching at least at one of them, and then I would be broadcasted in. And then um, mentorship, as well as organizations for structures of groups. Um, so, like, I don't stay-at-home moms, college age, and widows kind of situation. Um, just, like, the structure of that and what they um, are offering currently. It looks like we may be going through what Passion City Church is going through for their women's program until we can create our own curriculum um, I start curriculum planning in the fall of next year, which that's a lot of pressure. You're um, going to be so but, good at it, though. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, I think I said this to you at the wedding. Sometimes I feel like I'm still 16. Mm-hmm. So this role is very, especially um, while we're talking about transitions. Um, and I, I told you this at the wedding. Um our pastor has been on staff at 40 years with no moral failure. Uh, I, I was very skeptical about scam, scam, Cam, Cam Huxford at first. I was like, ah, but then just getting to know his heart and who he is. Um, he's a phenomenal person. He's a great leader. I'm, I'm thankful to serve under his leadership, but he retires this September. Wow. And so um, we don't know who our next senior pastor is yet. So this is a huge transition for mm-hmm. our church. Um, it's very intimidating. It, it has, it was, we did a uh, breath prayers the other day as a staff of just saying, God, like, I know that you can take what I cannot control and try not to let me take on what I know that I can't, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, um, so with that, um, he has been, we have a group of, of people who are stepping up into the next generation and we're called next gen because mm-hmm. we're the next generation mm-hmm. pastors. And, um, him and his wife have really, um, helped us through that. And so all she's helping me write this curriculum, even after they both retire in September. Um, Sweet. but we'll go through flourishes program in the beginning until we can finish our mm-hmm. own women's curriculum. Gotcha. So, yeah. Awesome, man. I'm so excited to be able to cheer you on and watch as this kind of unfolds. That's going to be, you're going, you're, I understand why they tapped you for that job. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. I think- can't wait. Yeah. So then creativity. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about like in high school, you were in theater, drama mm-hmm. and, and the arts. Um choral chorus um Mm -hmm. miss vicky was amazing Um, yeah but with uh with the youth uh chorus uh handbells the whole Mm -hmm. shebang um Mm -hmm. have you been creative your whole life at what point did you realize like i am a creative so my mom's stepdad was a band director and a phenomenal artist and they just tapped specifically him and my grandmother tapped into me from that from a young age. My grandmother is currently 87 years old. She turns 88 in April and she still teaches dance to this day. Awesome. 
Um, they are both very musically driven. Um, my grandfather passed away about 10 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. But he, he poured into me and knew that I had that in me mm -hmm. um, from just drawing with me, um, teach me how to like sing, how to, I did a little bit of piano with him in the time that he was still alive. And he, um, he just the epitome of, of like, he, he saw my potential. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would, I like always drawing. Um, a lot of the time I was the kid that was more excited to play with the cardboard box than I was with whatever was inside of it because mm -hmm. it was anything at that point. Um, my mom consistently makes jokes about that. And so, um, it, yeah, in my, really my entire life mm -hmm. and, um, and, the, and especially serving in ministry, I kind of wrestled in the beginning when I first started as a church creative of like, am I really in ministry? Oh yeah. That's like, good. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's like, I serve for a ministry, but I'm not doing ministry but then I um, went to the Passion Creative Conference um, and they just talked about the fact of like, we serve under the ultimate creator and we are creative and we are envisioning what we envision and we create for the church mm -hmm. is an open door and an invitation for somebody else, no matter how small or how big it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so that really um, allowed me to delight in what I create for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it makes me glorify him 10 times more mm -hmm. because my talents were a gift from him that mm -hmm. I'm able to share. And I'm mm -hmm. so thankful for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this ministry, let me tell you from the other side of the tracks, it mm -hmm. is ministry. I mean, mm -hmm. every thumbnail, every post, every, yeah. any image that's put up on the screens through pro presenter, any, yeah. Uh, sizzle reels and all of those things mm -hmm. um is a gift that's ministry yeah yeah and i'm and i'm thankful for that because like it's it's also allowed me to hear so many hearts of people mm -hmm. um so my creative team is eight people um three videographers one social media two graphic designers i don't know there's a bunch of people in there and so um we all do something different and it allows me to it so what we call is like I'm central so I serve everybody in that capacity and I get to sit in a lot of meetings and hear firsthand of like what our church is doing um and like especially being behind the lens of a camera I get to to capture baptisms and life change and worship and that that in itself then I get to capture that and like, that's just something tangible that our church gets to hold because yeah. I have that talent that I can share. Um, and it, it's sometimes it's taxing when I'm editing thousands of photos after mm -hmm. some large event or making 23 artboards for some service. Like it seems so minor. Um, my friend Roxy is um, somebody that I got to walk through college with. And now she, I get to work with my best friend and that is something really cool. Um, and so she is one of our graphic designers. We both create things graphically in different capacities, but she creates the sermon artwork and it's so cool to hear her speak on how she does it. And it's the smallest details of things 
of like she put a hue of a light over uh, like Christ Major to say like he's the light of the world. But that's not something you're going to be looking at when it's on the screen, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's that tiny detail because like look at all the details that he created in us mm-hmm. to be able to make us shine a little bit brighter for him. So like mm-hmm. just those kinds of things. Um, yeah. And I'm just like thankful for that i mean like like i said earlier never would have thought creative ministry would have been a possibility at all yeah but here i am and and it's gonna grow that need is growing and growing i'm sure you've seen it just in the years that you've been at compassion four years (laughs) now but that need um as this you know we're past gen z now and into gen a alpha Mm -hmm. and whatever um is beyond that b I don't know what they're going to call it. Anyway, the the need to connect visually, digitally, mm-hmm. um, and the the you know two point eight seconds that you've got to get somebody to stop scrolling. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 media side of ministry is only going to increase, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you, um, what are you, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Dream big. What, what are your dreams moving forward? What's, what's kind of front top of mind? Uh, what are you praying into? So it looks like I'll be at compassion for a pretty long time. Um, but like, let's say if I could pick tomorrow, what I'll do for the rest of my life. Yeah. I would eventually like to go back to school at a different time to be um, a women's counselor and whether that's a practice that I can open up through compassion or externally to just offer women's counseling. Um, I won't go into details, but I went through some very rough things Mm -hmm. in the spring of last year. Um, And I just know that there are women that have walked through the same thing and that I can walk alongside them. And maybe it's something that I preach on, and it's a fruit that I don't see on this side of heaven. And I'm more than okay with that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what happens. And that's a blessing in itself as well. Um, but specifically what I went through, I know there's other women that have endured it. Yeah. And I know that I would want to, because there were women when I spoke up about it, there are women on staff as well as um, some of the pastor's wives that just came and really, held me hand in hand in those trenches of what I endured and um, charity was one of them. Um, And, and some, and then I had people, like I said, I had people from home who helped me through that time. And I had people here that literally like not even held my hand, like holding me up while my feet are dragging because I didn't, it, I just, I was like a day by day situation. And, um, I now see that and I know that like when you're going through something that's the hardest time in your life or something that you couldn't control, um, you kind of turn and it, the thing was, was at that time, um, and I want, this is what I want other women to know as well when, and not even just women, you know, but like, there's just that sisterhood of that, that I want from, from that because men endure things differently and like women endure things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's um, in that time of me going through those things and not knowing like what tomorrow was going to hold, I still knew God was sovereign, but it was hard to see that in that moment. Mm -hmm. And 
other people need to know that as well. Um, and the thing was, was like, if I wouldn't have known how good God was, I would have walked away from ministry and God within its entirety and probably deconstructed my faith by now, mm. like just in the span of a year's time. But because I had people that said, like, I went through this, I know how painful it is. Let me help you and let me let me talk to you, because there were some people that didn't know what I was going through because they didn't experience that, but they still stood beside me. Mm-hmm. And there was women who who did, who encouraged me so well and also got me plugged in with therapy, um, which helped immensely Mm -hmm. to take me out of those trauma responses that I was having. Um, And now, um, coming up on almost a year within a month of what happened, I know that God wasn't punishing me because, like, we look at God as Abba the Father and we want to think, like, I did something wrong. I'm being punished. So much goodness has came out of something that was so tough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to teach others that. And so, um, long story short, sorry, I kind of rambled there for a second. You're fine. But I want those women to know, like, there's goodness in that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. through counseling, I would like to do that. Um, or just continue to do what I'm doing now. Um, whether that's sometimes I think staying at compassion long term, um, and then sometimes I think of going to other churches and because finding and this is nothing on compassion. I think this is everywhere. Sure. Finding women in the church to mentor other women in the same position is very difficult to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there are smaller churches that don't have that. Um, and so I know that if that could be something that I just mentor women and throughout the country, throughout the state, throughout the city, I don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah, big picture dream. Sweet. Cool. Cool. All right. So I forgot you and I were talking right before we came on camera and, mm-hmm. uh, last night when I recorded Josiah, I forgot to ask him dog on it. I'm going to have yeah. to lump him in with Gabe now. So I forgot on Gabe and, uh, we were laughing because Michael Meeks, mm-hmm. Matthew's brother, mm-hmm. um, he reminded me, you forgot to ask me how I keep things simple and I don't want to be lumped in with Gabe at the end of every <laughs> episode. And then inadvertently last night I did it to Josiah and so now Josiah will be linked with Gabe as two out of 20. That's not too bad. What's that? What's that? What? 10%? Yeah. 10% that I've forgotten. Not too bad for an old guy who's been hitting the head too much. So <laughs> I'm going to remember tonight. Alexander Simonton. Um, the name of the podcast is the Keep It Simple Podcast. And so we end episode every episode by asking, how do you keep it simple? I think the best way that I can answer this is something that you told me a really long time ago, and that's um, God sends, God doesn't send love letters, he sends people. And so I just try to, um, in those moments of when I am with people, of being present and seeing what God's telling me in the best way that I can um, serve them and how see how God's allowing them to serve me as well. 
Amen. Yeah, mm-hmm. such a good word. All right, thank you. Hey, how can people connect? So one thing that's happened through this podcast is yeah. people from the Midwest are listening to people from the Southeast and vice versa, and folks are wanting to kind of reach out and connect. How, yeah. What's the easiest way, most preferred way for folks to connect? So um, Facebook, Alexander yeah. Simonton, and then um, my <laughs> Instagram is rhinestone cowboy cowboy yeah that throws that threw me off so bad like now it's you but when you made that change Mm -hmm. i was like wait what yeah so i started wearing big old cowboy hats oh i know Um, and so like i my dad is like the epitome of the cowboy in every sense of the word and so um i through him um I wear these big old cowboy hats and cowboy boots all the time and living in Savannah. That's a little bit of a little bit odd, but if you know me well enough, it matches with my personality, but yeah, you don't care. So when we were on in online studio, people, I would walk in the room and they, and I'd have my hats on and my cowboy boots and people would start playing rhinestone cowboy over the speakers. And I didn't want to make it a joke. I actually really liked it. And so, um, it's funny that people there's i was in in target in savannah the other day and there's these two teenage girls on the same aisle and they were whispering to each other and they were like they're like why do i know that girl they were like that's rhinestone cowboy (laughs) so (laughs) that holds me accountable on how i speak or what i i I do on a platform yeah uh, and how i carry myself in public uh, because it's just funny that if you're gonna know me by anything i that's the best thing i mean that's the best song cowboy awesome alexandria thank you for your time thanks so much i'm glad that uh the larger community uh folks out here especially get to know you hear your story uh so gracious with your time and uh vulnerability thank you uh i guess we will talk to you later 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 let's do another episode out here all right see ya